the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When you hit it, I'm so ready, yo, KDKO, and I, don't you forget that. Tune the four every day, Billy Soul, the Soul Machine. That's right, baby, the Soul Machine just left to see. Now it's time for Daddy-O to clean house. And away we go with Jenny Taylor, the blues well, and we're going to do a little hijacking of some love. Come on, Johnny, let's go to work now. That's <laughs> That's right, baby. My man, Jelly Taylor, the Blues Wheeler. On a thing this afternoon, talking about I just got to get a little hijacking here. Want to hijack me some love. Oh, good guy. <laughs> it's not going to get any better than that. Good morning, everyone. On a Saturday, October the 7th, I'm Peter Boyles. And this, of course, is 710 you watch the weather. 73 will be the high today. Tomorrow, 80. And on Monday, back to work. 78 degrees. This is 710 KNUS. Um, if you would, sir, please turn that microphone on. This is the one, the only. I saw you light up. I This was like a surprise, and that was really Louis' <laughs> yes, work. It was. Yes, they went it back was. in the archives, and they grabbed you. Oh, man. Oh, huh? yeah. <laughs> Peter, thank you so much, and it's an honor to be with you, man. We go back many, many years, brother, and we have so much that we can tell the world about. When it comes to the radio and uh, having this uh, opportunity this morning is really a joy to me, man. I I um I can't tell you what it means to me. I I was talking to my children last night and I was talking about you know they said what's on the show tomorrow, Dad and uh, and this I said well a legend and what I've tried to do if it matters is to f- get the guys that made it happen and have them either on the television side of this or the radio side of this because sometime, I swear to you, Jim, sometime 50 years from now when there's some young kid, young man or woman doing a history PhD at CU or DU and they want to talk about Denver media, this will, I mean, we'll both be long gone, but there'll be some, I swear to this, there'll be some kid in the library listening to you. I know. I mean, I truly believe that. I know. That. That's the reason that this uh, book, yeah, radio in my soul. It's I. I already had a copy. I think Jeff gave me this. I think I, I think I got it from Brother Jeff. Well, Brother Jeff is my man. I know he's he a is. wonderful young. He's man. ours. God yeah. bless him. But I think the radio in my soul. I think Brother Jeff gave me the book, and I think that's where it came from. Okay. So it's um, the life and times of Doctor Daddio, Jimmy Walker. You and I have talked about so many different things, but. Begin. You're, you, you're a Louisiana kid, right? Louisiana boy, born, raised, and grew up in a little town called Gibsland. That's G I B S L A N D, Louisiana, with the one stop light. And one, yeah, you know, but uh, life. What and, did your dad do? My father passed before I was born. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any experience with my dad, but my mother and my sister, they were the two that. Uh, gave me everything that I could think of to be who I am today. Uh, my mother said it was my father, my mother, and and uh, the 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 guidance and the carrier for me, along with my sister, and 
So uh, when you talk about in my life, you know, people talk about who the the people that have been great with them, uh, who their mentors might be or might have been. Uh, my mother, and my sister was my key. What for was my the success? What was the move to come here? Well, coming from uh, Houston, Texas to Denver was the start of black radio station. It, it, it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. Um, where is the first place you worked on the air? Shreveport, Louisiana. What were the call letters? K, K, uh, K, oh man, uh, going back in my life of experience, K, ADX, I believe it was, and, uh, Shreveport. KOK, that's, it. that's what, it. What was the shift? Uh, weekend started and, uh, went right on into <laughs> the opportunity of moving to Houston, Texas, and started, so got, my big start was at KCOH in Houston, and, I was there for, you know, for about five years and had gone, as I would guess, as as big as I could go there. And I left there and came to Denver to start a black radio station. Back it up. What was the format, music format, on the first job you worked? Rhythm and Blues. Soul R&B. music. Yes. Yes. And I've told people this, and I've told my kids, I said, I grew up listening to a radio station, Whammo. There right. Was a, I always thought, well... It was all black job jocks except the afternoon drive jock. His name was Porky Chadwick. He was a white guy. And the music was different. And I later learned by reading history, they called it race music. And race music meant black music. Well, I guess that was before my time. Yeah, Peter. no, it is. In the 30s, it, was, it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. when I got here, got on the scene and really it started making it some rhythm and blues. No. and. Yeah. And it was a crossover from rock and roll and rhythm and blues, you know. And where where was the line? I mean, I I've often thought about that. Where because you, you well, when, when black uh, stars, uh, you know, every 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 station had music format with certain records on a chart. Everybody yeah. would be looking for the music re- releases, the new ones, the ones that, and they worked their way up the chart to becoming number one, where the Billboard came from. Yeah of uh, rating uh, stars, and that's uh, exactly, I mean, that's why the whole thing really got started, and uh, we would look at the crossover as a black station. Say, for instance, if Aretha Franklin was the number one record, we played it for maybe six or seven, uh, maybe maybe two and a half to three three and a half months. Then the record goes down, down, down. And when it dropped off of the black shots, uh, charts, then that's when the rock and roll stations would pick it up and carry it up. And that's why a lot of the stars were able to to go as long as they did in the public with the, in, the rating of the, of their music. In that time period, there's also the lifts that uh, Pat Boone would steal Little Richard. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that, that yeah. too crossed over yeah. from either side, black or from the white. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've... You know, and the music that we listened to um, would, like, you were in, I guess, in competition. You would have been with Kim Radio. Or- oh, yeah, Kim. When I came to town, that was, a, you know, that was it. There was no black music being played in the city when I got that. here. And um, did, you get, know. did Kim play anybody black on oh, Well, after I started KDKO. James Brown and stars like that was at that point would go over to Kim. Then they started really chasing our music chart to see who the number one records were. And when they dropped off, they picked them up and carried them for another six weeks or 
No, too, I mean, too, no, too it's much. true. I mean, yeah. it's and, and those records had to be under three minutes, or and we we knew the time there would be a this record. La- this right, record, the yeah. times of the music would be on the on the on yeah. the on the on the, on, the, on the, you know on the but on the record itself. When a highlight of my life is, I got to meet James. I got to meet Hank Ballard. Okay, and the Midnighters. Just I met Hank, and um, he. We talked about this. First of all, he was not being played. His version of the Twist never got AM radio. <laughs> he was no. um, somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it made it, but it was not really the the solid soul. No. Kind of music, no. uh, yeah. That's that's true. That's true. And he, yeah. you know, he had all the thrill, thrill on the hill, and Annie had a baby, you know, right. and all that stuff. Right. Well, he he said he, they were great in jukeboxes. <laughs> he said, <laughs> and they they were great being played on certain radio stations. But he said they never crossed over. And then Dick Clark and his wife they invent Chubby Checker. Right. Right, and they right. they lift Hank Ballard's music. Right, Chevy was was a, a strong star. Uh, yes, indeed. Were you yes, ever around indeed. him at all? Very uh, several times. Not that much. I, I I got a chance to see meet him. Uh, most of the times that I met him was in Las Vegas. I understand he was a yeah, good guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. He was really. Yeah. Uh, Hank Ballard was a good brother. Oh, very, great. very much. Along with the James Brown. Yeah. Yeah, the the Godfather. So you know, I save no interviews. I've like I've thrown away more tape or never listened to. The only tape I saved was James Brown, JB. Okay, and the flame. He was a man. He was a man. Did you now? You you promoted him. That's right. I got you know when I came to Denver and started KDKO, there was no black music being played as I mentioned earlier. But James had been trying to come to Denver for all of the years, but he couldn't get the facility. They wouldn't rent the facility to him. And and uh, when he discovered that I was in Denver, because <laughs> when I left Houston, I had planned to go to work for the James Brown station. Oh, sure. Okay? sure. He owned them. Yeah. And he uh, uh, was in concert in Houston before move- I moved here. And we we talked about it. We made a deal, you know, and that, yeah, man, when you – but his training program was a little bit not what I was concerned no. about. <laughs> no. I said, no, man, I, I think my, my talent is better, and I don't need anyone to control me. You know, I think I'm strong enough to sell myself, so I'm going to go somewhere I can start a new station and get it uh, uh, get where, where I'm needed. Because yeah. Houston had gotten, you know, I'd gone as far as I could go there. Well, yeah. Now, what shift did you work in? By the way, Jimmy Walker's here. Uh, the book is Radio in My Soul. If you grew up in Denver, you know the stories, the journey of uh, James, Dr. Daddy O. Walker, and Katie K.O., and everything that happened around and before and after. What shift did you work in Houston? Uh, I was on drive in the afternoon. Drive has been my, 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 my piece. I've only had an opportunity to do morning drive. A night is when somebody was on vacation. 
you know. <laughs> no, tell people. But I had man. to have the drive afternoon. Get the you drive know. show. Well, the, the house party was an yes, afternoon Yes, that's right. Daddy was house party. Yes. Live in and live in color. Yeah. Live, always <laughs> live and in living color for you. What your color and am I coming through to you? And babysitters, your midnight ramblers and ramblers and early morning gamblers. <sighs> you cop snitches and women whippers. <laughs> See? As for the daddy-o, I came to Denver broke as a goat and loose as a goose and ready for anything that didn't cost, cost money. no money. There you go, brother. Huh? You own it. Dive down deeper, <laughs> stay under longer, come up drier. Yes, indeed. I mean, I, I, yeah. listen, I mean um, when I got to do an interview with James Brown and I bet I've heard that introduction 300 times so it was a phone interview I didn't get to see him or meet him but it, that line about um, you know they did the back drum roll and you know and, and I think the guy was he was some I think he was a relative of JB's that always did that are, are you ready for Mr. Mr. Please, please, Mr. Try right, Me, right, Mr. You right, Got the Power. Right, right, yeah, right. You know, uh, the hardest working uh, man in, in show, show business. business today, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, you know. And I think that guy was like his cousin or something. That, well, he was like the manager. In fact, yeah. he got James Brown out of out of prison uh, yeah. when when he came was released. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I, my my brain kind of passed okay. on his name, but yeah. But I remember. Yeah, I recall that. that yeah. yeah. And he had Maceo Parker the okay, first time yeah. I saw him. And that was the key, the starter of James Brown. Maceo that was Parker. the kicker. That's right, Maceo. Was, and you know he was in Colorado. Uh, he lived here for a while. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's still alive or not. But he was in Boulder. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was there. Lived there. Um, he told stories. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> he told stories. Yes. But James Brown was like uh, that's the only, and I have it on a on a cassette. Of uh, talking to James Brown, and because he, and I guess this goes back with Jimmy Walker, uh, Dick Clark, and a lot of other people have made the case that black music probably did cer- certainly as much as anything else to drop that curtain. And Dick Clark, he wrote a book called Rock, Roll, and Remember, and he was on the radio show. It's a really good book. And he talked about going south with those package shows, and the black kids and the white kids are separated. And then he talks about coming back later, and the black kids and the white kids are dancing together. Well, you know, segregation to integration. So yeah, yeah. that was the difference. That was the change. And uh, it's still that. It's still that way oh, today. Nothing has changed, yeah. you know. But, but did you remember that time period where the the merging takes place? Oh yeah, how well do I? You yeah, know, I yeah. mean, I would definitely can relate to it. I grew up in the segregated uh, time, and I uh, later, as I got you know old and older and <laughs> become an adult, all of us. Uh, then at that point, uh, integration became what a mixture start happening. Do you believe the theory of music played a part of it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Music plays an important uh, piece in our entire lives. Yeah, if you really think about it, it's uh, it gives you relaxation, it gives you knowledge, it gives you a good feeling. I mean, music goes on and on and on. Everybody has <clears throat> music. Exactly. The idea of Jimmy Walker's here. The idea of O and O—that's what it's called, owned and operated. And I grew up on the assumption that Whammo was why was a black O and I didn't know anything about the business. Every jock's black except for the afternoon drive guy. 
I later found out that's not true, that the group that held the company or held the, the stick, they weren't black. No, no. I mean, that was a, that, that, that was a pro- one of the major problems, you know. Yeah. But we got lucky in my time for blacks to become owners of radio stations because at the time that the change really mm-hmm. became important is when white owners of white stations Everybody was owning a radio station for tax purposes. Oh, indeed. You remember that deal? You bet. So the automobile dealers and all the business people out there were buying up all the radio stations. But it came to the point that their responsibility had to be with with income that Uncle Sam had to take a look at that. So they said, oh, no, no, no. If you're not making money, it can't be a write-off anymore. I got to get rid of it. So the door was open for Daddy-O, Jim Walkers, Mm -hmm. and all of us to really get through the door. But there were other blacks prior to our opportunity that owned stations, but it was very, very few. James Brown owned a radio station in Augusta, Georgia. Well, he owned about four or five, five yeah. or six of that radio stations. I knew, I, knew, I knew the one he owned and yeah. listened to it in Augusta. Yeah. Um, who else was part of that? Did 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 B.B. King ever own his own or just No, jock? he played. He B.B. was a, 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 a jock. Just jocked. Yeah, he was a person that uh, was a personality on yeah. the radio, uh, but he never owned the radio station. Who were the prominents that owned? I mean, did, did it turn into you? You, I didn't. I didn't realize you seven. KDKO goes on in '67, but you're not the owner then, are no, you? No, no, no. When I came to Denver, it was white owned. It was Conchin West. That's what I thought. Yeah, and uh, I had an opportunity to talk Dave Siegel at that point, who was the owner. Uh, to change the format from country and western to rhythm and blues, soul, black music, and finally uh, we got he he made that decision. In fact, we met on a Saturday morning, about eight thirty that morning, <laughs> <laughs> and about four thirty or five that afternoon, I had gotten him to say, "Okay, I tell you what I'm going to do, Jimmy. I'm going to do my country and western music uh, from six in the morning." until 3 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Then you can take the 3 in the afternoon and do your black music until 12 midnight. Then we will go out there, come back on the next morning at 6. We did that for one almost a week and a half. And it, it was, the, the, kitty, the, the station, was, the popularity <laughs> was so strong, he said, no, 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 no. I can't take it anymore. It's going to be all black. I don't want any more country and western music on my station. And we had a white program director at that point, too. And he was a country and western guy, you know. So, you know, that we had we went through a lot of changes from audience and from people calling, you know, mm-hmm. with the upsetness sure. of losing that country and western station. But we, uh, within uh, six months after that, we were the number one rhythm and blues station in the country. Where was the lo- where was the stick and where was the studio? We, we were in the Woodland Shopping Center out in Littleton. Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, that is a word. Why on yeah, that? That's a wow. It uh, it was no blacks out there at that point. Where was the stick? Where was the the, the uh, up on Santa Fe, off of uh, 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 Santa Fe and what I can't recall the street. I don't that's know okay. if they still got towers out there or now or not. But uh, that's where we were. We how, many, how many watts was KDKO? At that time, uh, 5,000, five, 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 yeah, from, from the original piece, and we went to 10. 
Was it directional or was it just it was a city? It was a it was a figure figure yeah. eight where you know we didn't get good reception. In, oh man, out in 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 Aurora in the midsection yeah. area there because we had a figure eight. People don't know uh, that. I mean, this is your your inside baseball, but it really is true. If you like KOA has this pattern that reaches at night. Say all 50 states. But there, there you, yeah, or at yeah. least half. Yeah. <laughs> and and KHOW had a great, you know, had signal. Very, KOZ, yeah, very good. But, you know, and, and was, it, was it or was it not true that oftentimes minority Spanish language or soul music, you, they had a bad stick? Yeah. I mean, you know, most of the black-owned stations were like in, in the – Low, I mean, high end, far right hand right, side, right, right. Sure. and that was the weak, sig- weak signals. Oh, yeah. And I've, I, I talked about that for many times. Why couldn't we be up with a seven ten and black owners? But they were all like fifteen tens and thirteen hundreds mm-hmm. from thirteen back. So I mean, you know, not back, no. but well, you're, you're inside baseball. Right. The further to the left you go, the stronger the signal. That's right. The further to the right, right you, you go, go is it, get, it gets weaker. Right. And right. again, a lot of people don't know that, but. That's why you take a like KLZ five sixty six thirty KHW eight fifty KLA. That was designated long no, ago. No good at that, the top. That strength, yeah. right? Whoa. Power and and you guys were down. What, what fifteen ten? <laughs> did you? Who was doing mornings for you back then? With Billy Soul. Um, uh, and and, uh, and it was so. I mean, you know, I won't say so many, but yeah. we did have quite a few changes. Oh, it's radio uh, of the morning. <laughs> it's radio. Uh, Billy Soul was a, <laughs> the main brother that I can relate yeah. to. Uh, we who else was there? Uh, oh, you, know, I, you know, I remember some of the guys yeah. that you had. Yeah, in but, fact, in, with Don Miller, and yeah. you just heard hey, when Don was white, you know. You oh. just heard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Porky Chadwick was yeah, white. Right. Yeah. And and you heard, you know, in the intro that you had. Yeah. It was interesting. Billy Soul, myself, Nighthawk. Uh, we Nighthawk. had several Nighthawks. Nighthawk. Yeah. 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 Uh, we, we had a lot of a lot of real good brothers. We had Pepper Martinez We had, uh, as a female huh? from the Hispanic community. Uh, uh, she was she was she was she was good. Uh, we had uh, Honey Bee. Honey Bee was a top I, girl. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, Honey Bee was a star around the world. She just passed away. Oh man! About three or four months ago. I'm sorry. So, uh, how, we had, how, how tough was it to sell? Well, you know, in 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 the original kickoff of the of the opportunity, it wasn't bad at all because everybody wanted to be with the winner. We were kicking it. We were the mm-hmm. new thing in town. Yeah. We were. We were selling it. You know what? And, and I say this often. There was not a business on KDKL that was, that advertised that was not successful. Okay. That's from churches. I mean, and these confessions can come from all of the listeners mm-hmm. out there that know that what I'm said, telling is the truth. We were the number one station in the country overall. And we were the number one station really in Denver because with the Arbitron ratings, yeah. We never got a book into our neighborhoods. Same thing was true with Nielsen boxes. Right. It's the same thing with television. Yeah. yeah, yeah same no, deal. I, I've heard that. I read about Nielsen boxes that. They, no, no 80205, no 80207, no, 80239 I, 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 ever got a I book. I want you to pursue that. I'm going to take a turnaround. And we used to say, how did you, how did you do the pass into 
brakes when you would do like, <laughs> like you knew the break was coming. Well, you know, it's nine. It's time to to take a break. We'll be right back. Right, so right. stay tuned. That's it, man. We got time to pay the bills. Yes. <laughs> stay right here. Jimmy Walker's here. Dr. Daddio. When we come back, let's talk about ratings and how that worked. Temperatures are starting to drop and there's actually snow in Winter Park. And here we go. A few weeks away from the start of ski season. And that's why right now is a perfect time to take your skis and boards for the tune. Maybe it's time to get some new gear. Owe it to yourself to pay a visit. Larson Ski and Sport, south of I-20, right on I-70 Kipling. So you're going westbound on I-70. Get off on the Kipling exit and then head south. And there you are. I stopped by last week, completely stocked up. There's the latest ski and snowboard equipment, stuff I haven't seen before. These are the guys completely committed to making your ski experience the absolute best. Stop in this weekend, the annual ski swap event today and tomorrow. Update your gear. The big wooden building south of I-70 on Kipling. So if you're coming home from the mountains and you did something to your skis or your boards, you get off on the Kipling exit, just keep going south, and you'll see them right on the right-hand side. There's a crab you know, a crab shack place right there, right next to it. Big wooden building. That's Larson's. Can't miss it. Take it from me. John Marriott and the guys at Larson's are absolute experts at everything you need for winter sports. They are the best. Stop in today and tell them I sent you. Larson's Ski and Sport, South of I-70 on Kipling, 303-423-0654. 303-423-0654 or Larson, L-A-R-S-O-N, sport.com. We got people want to talk to you as well. So 303-696-1971. Jimmy's our guest. Jimmy Walker. The book is Radio in My Soul. We will take calls because everybody remembers Dr. Daddio. Lines are jammed. 73 will be the high. 80 on Sunday and Monday, 78 degrees. On and off the air. Demands here. Radio in my soul, the book, The Journey of James, Dr. Daddy O. Walker. Uh, Jimmy's in studio. Why don't we run Peter, some... Peter, yeah. before we go to the phone, Absolutely. can we... You mentioned you can Radio in my soul. Uh, the book is definitely... Uh, it's a piece that you, every every family out there should get and uh, read and keep it and do what you have to do in keeping our history, okay. preserving our history. I'd like to say after writing this book, coming up next Saturday, we we have organized a, a an organization. It's called Colorado Black Authors Guild. Oh, man. And we are expecting at least 60, 70 black authors for the state of Colorado. This has never been done before. And we're encouraging everybody to come and, and, and meet the black authors uh, it's going to be on next Saturday, one week from today, and it's going to be happening at in the 2800 block of Welton Street, down by Brother Jeff's sure. Cultural Center, right? Yeah. Outside, it's an outdoor event. We're encouraging everybody to come down and be a part of it, get a chance to meet, greet, and talk to the book writers or the authors. And uh, we just want to become a resource center for having the opportunity for our people to get uh, the, the history saved and mm-hmm. get the history written and pe- being able for people to know and read about it and open up the doors where we can, you can come and get information on how to write a book, how to become a publisher, how to deal with copywriting, whatever your needs are in the state of Colorado here in Denver, the Colorado Black Authors Guild is available for helping and making sure that we can continue on to preserve our history. So, 
And all of our listeners out there today, we invite you to come to 2800 Block of Welton. It's going to be from 9 until 4 o'clock on this coming Saturday, one week from today. Hope to see everybody in the place. Okay? We'll plug it again before you get out of here. We're Thank got, you. We got jam lines. I knew this would happen. This is Johnny. Johnny, you're on a radio show, Peter Boyles, and the man is here, Jimmy Walker. Okay. I'm a black, blind guy, and I intern for both of you guys. Hello. Hello. How about that? <laughs> what a day. What a feeling and how great we, it is to know that we have a listener that have been in both of our journeys and both of our lives. Welcome, Johnny. Good to hear from you. God bless you. Yeah. And keep remembering these two guys that are sitting here this Saturday morning. Peter Boys and yours truly, <laughs> the Dr. Man. Daddy. Just a man. Yeah. I remember uh, Dr. Daddy, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Jim Walker. James Brown came up to the station, and I had a chance to, to get him to introduce my radio show, which I still use on my podcast uh, today. What was, uh, what was your impression of James Brown, John? I didn't think he was that short, man. I, I, I was, I'm five. It's a little dude. Eight. Yeah. He's a short guy. Oh, he's little. <laughs> you know, he boxed. A lot of people don't know. Yeah, him. that shit he is. Was, he was a prize fighter. I mean, a lot, a lot of guys. In his career. And, yeah. Uh, he was. Talk about uh, uh, black uh, radio station owners. Stevie Wonder, KJLH. In Los, Los Angeles, yes. Didn't you promote Stevie Wonder? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was not. Thinking about the hundreds and hundreds of stars that we had during those days, mm-hmm. uh, 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 and all of them came through KDKO and sure. Daddy O. Sure. If we, if they, <laughs> that was the only way you could know about them because we broke their music, we broke their records. My my mentor is the late great Bob Lee. He was a disc jockey in Detroit. He knew. I mean, like more than knew. Barry Gordy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hitsville, yes. USA. Yes. And he would tell me stories about you know, the beginnings of, of, of what, what becomes the Detroit sound and how, you know, like, you know, whatever you do with Barry Gordy, you can't ignore him. And I mean, I mean, for real. And he said, Stevie Wonder used to come up to the radio station and hang out with him in the studio. He was Stephen Moreland, I think. And I always thought that was like, they told those stories, the temps and the top, all these people I'm listening to. Can I ask one more question? Phil Morgan used to do a gospel show, and it was so funny because you would have all these liquor commercials, (laughs) and I think like liquor (laughs) and church, liquor and church. Tell us the story why you had to have Liquor stores advertising on a Sunday morning show. Money. Well, it was about one simple thing, being able to to survive and to be able to be here to talk to you today. Money. Yeah, the money was the main reason. It's always the reason. That's the only thing that we could survive on, you know. I mean, money. And and you couldn't couldn't turn it away and say, no, I can't do this on Sunday. I mean, (laughs) Coors had a... Had a um, some philosophical issue about they would not buy radio time until afternoon, until me and the old man they bought our show. Okay, <laughs> you know, cause uh, I, I'm one of the individuals, uh, not only just being a personality. Uh, you know, I really in my life was a salesman. I mean, when I was on the air, that's what we do. I didn't do anything but sell merchandise and then sold the advertisement to to Uh, to the advertiser. I love you. That's exactly what. So that's that's it. But uh, 
I can say I am the first black, I won't say black, I say minority, to ever sell cools in any advertising. And that's in my record wow. to making sure I'm proud of that. Cause when did, I they came, did they come to you or did you go to them? No, I, I tell you what, I went to that agency, the advertising agency, over and over and over. They promised me, for you know, we're going to, you're on the buy, you're on the buy. Like every day, every time the buys came around, I go there, I was kicked to the curb, you yeah, know? Sure. But they didn't know back in those days, Coors used to have the, um, the get together luncheons once a month mm-hmm. for the minority community and we, everybody would go up and, I was sitting next door, next seat to the, to, to Mr. Bill Coors and follow all of those times. So that, that particular time, day that I go there and the guy tells me we're not in the budget, I decided <laughs> to call Mr. Coors. Isn't that the answer? Yeah. We're not in the budget. Yeah. I <laughs> called him and, uh, I asked if I could come in and talk to him. And he said, sure. And I went in and asked him what was his problem for not advertising on KDKO. He said, what do you mean? What's my problem? I said, well, you know, I've been trying to get for the last two or three years, and I've been promised and promised. I said, I just want to hear it from you. Do you? Will you? Are you interested? Mm-hmm. He said, I love it. He picked up the phone, called the advertising agency. Bye. The next morning, it was eight or nine of the cool people out at the radio station on Santa Fe waiting for me to come so they could, they brought tapes, they brought everything. So yeah, How I strong. wanted to have that opportunity to be able to do that. Johnny, thanks, man. Wait, wait, one last thing. Where's the mystery man? Where's the mystery man now? Well, he's around. You know, the mystery man, is, as as Brother Jeff always say, that um, he's a, he's kind of the quiet guy. Nobody he nobody really knew that he would be in the midst That's of right. them because he was so quiet with his. You know, Jeffrey still talks about the mystery man. He does. Yes, yes he does. Yes. All right, John. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. We go here. One line's open. Uh, Sister Eleanor, the line just lit up. Lines are jammed. Seven ten K and US Radio and My Soul's the book. Jimmy Walker's here. Eleanor, you're on the air. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Peter and Doctor Daddio. Good morning. Good morning. I'll tell you one more time, Doctor Daddio. This city has not been the same since Katie Ko left, and I want to thank you for your presence, your strong presence in the Metro Denver community. You thank you, ma'am. Made it for folks all over in other cities and states ask about you when they come through. Where's that radio station? We want to hear it. What's going on in town? We know we'll get it when we get on that station. And you came across so strong, we felt like you were in our home or next door or whatever. <laughs> Live and in living Thank color. you, ma'am. <laughs> you I know, Eleanor, part. can I ask you, it's like I remember as, you know, I'm in the business. I'm breaking in. I'm a traffic reporter. I'm a writer before I'm a traffic reporter. And... Um, I, I fell in love with radio, and it's a whole other story. But there's a, Daddy and I have a lot of friends, mutual friends that have nothing to do with radio, and probably nothing to do with certainly before I got into the business. But you listen to a lot of different radio stations. But KDKO, the house party, was like coming home from school and stuff we no for real and y'all listen to the how when was the house what were the hours the house party was on from three to three to seven three to six i mean i kind of changed yeah. it around but four to seven um but basically three to seven o'clock where'd you come up with house party well you know back in those days uh we kind of 
had house parties oh, yeah. and at homes and uh, you know and uh we'd be playing music and eating food drinking mm-hmm. liquor having fun so i mean it was just a simple thing it was a house party so i said hey you got a party going every day. Every every day we'll have some fun. Sell it. I played the music for you. You know, yeah, yeah. I just remember that tagline. Coming to you. Tell me if I'm wrong. Coming to you live and in living color. What color am I coming to for you now, baby? You got it. That's the one I yes, really remember. Yes, yes. That was the tag. We had a lot of fun, Peter. Those are some great days, and I thank God for giving me the opportunity to have lived that life and thank the re- the response for the people that, you know, I've been off the air over 20 years. I know. Over 20 years, yeah, and I I'll know. tell you, man, my book signing, this was one of the, the I mean, it was cold. The picture is the time, one I remember. You know, like, and the people came out and respond so strong and so exciting. It just was a great feeling. And I had an opportunity to do a book signing in Greeley. Whoa. Greeley, Colorado. And, uh, that was outstanding. And, uh, the congressional, I just want to say the con- con- uh, congressional, first congressional church of Greeley. I just want to thank the, all of the members and all of the friends and all of the great people that turned out for my book signing there. And my co-author and co-writer is Miss, uh, Miss Sears. Miss is a great young lady. And, so proud to have run upon her, and she is. She really pushed me and gave me the opportunity to come up with radio and my soul. Missy, thank you, sweetheart. I love you, and uh, God bless you forever. Eleanor, thank you for your call. Thank you very much. You came to Denver. Somebody told me you came to Denver in '63. Well, no, I came in '67. '67, right? Okay. Well, actually, '66. How did you know? I mean, how did you know you could come and pull this off? Well, I didn't. Uh, in Houston, I, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, I had gone as far as I could go with popularity. I, uh, knew it was no possibility of owning a radio station there because they had to. They were playing rhythm and blues and soul music. And I went to work for each, each, uh, personality, a disc jockey in those days. Uh, and you're going back to the beer company, companies, we had so many beer companies, and each black personality on both radio stations represented each beer, one of those beer companies. And I was fortunate enough to uh, to to represent the Hams Beer Brewing oh, yeah, Company, sure, sure. and I worked for them. Uh, you know, we we would do promotions, we would do all kinds of wine and cheese and getting together uh, events, and and finally uh, they started asking me to come to work for them. And I went, uh, finally I agreed to do what I made an, you know, agreement to do that. I went to the owner of KCOH, Dave Siegel, and I kind of told him, not Dave Siegel, but, uh, 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 Mr. Andrews, and I told him what I was trying to do and what was happening with the cool, with the Hamsville people. He said, well, Jimmy, I can't match that offer, but I tell you, take that opportunity. If you're unhappy, you can always come back to KCOH. And I said, fine, thank you. I went to work for them, worked for Hamsville for about eight eight months. Every day they brought in some new people from Minnesota, young guys, and, boy, they were fine and putting land people off. And fortunate, well, I guess it was fortunate. I have to say fortunate because I came in one Friday evening and my name was on the board, so I was, you know, off and, 
At that point, I was really hurting and kind of didn't know what to do or what I was going to do. And I got I got me a map on my way home. And I had my wife to come, and I said, Honey, close your eyes and put your hand on this map. Wherever the, your, your hand stop, that's where we're going to go. And it stopped on Denver. And I came to Denver, and uh, it's, that's history from that point on. What I want to do is I need to take another pause. We'll come back. Lines are full. Everybody wants to talk to Jimmy Walker. I'm Peter Boyles of 710K in U.S. We still haven't talked about ratings, um, revenue, um, music picks. Um, there, there was after, after the scandals, and again, my mentor and a couple of the guys that I kind of grew up in in radio went through Payola Plugola. Oh, yes. The scandal. The other was big at that time. Back huge, in my day. Huge. Yeah. And so they invented a guy called the music director. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets real good. Yeah. And then yeah, it gets real good. Yeah. And uh, the program director was. Oh, but the other the guy. The music director was yeah, the key. Oh. He, yeah, he was the guy that did the talk. And it, that stuff didn't end with. Happiness. No. <laughs> Hang on. We'll tell more stories. The one and only Jimmy Walker, Peter Boyles. 73 will be the high today, 80 on Sunday. More to come, 710 KNUS. Here we go. want to thank you. Lines are jammed. The man is in the studio. I'm Peter Boyles. Good morning, everyone. 73 on a Saturday, 80 on Sunday, Monday, 78 degrees. And I got to thank uh, Louie for doing this one. He put a lot of work on this one. Radio in My Soul, the journey of James Dr. Daddy O. Walker, radio legend, on the air and off the air. The stories are just great because uh, we're getting ready for to do a turnaround here. It's uh, nine before the hour. Let's sneak another call in first, and we'll go from there. This is Ron. You're on the radio show. Good morning. Jimmy Walker's in studio. Good morning, Dr. Daddio. Hey, Ron, how are you, my friend? I'm good, buddy. You bring a smile to my face and a little peace to my soul. All right, all right. What a day. For a 78-year-old white boy, I I had Goodman Buick on South Broadway, and my brother Larry and I had Dr. Daddio and KDKO. Wow. Jimmy. Wow, you have blown my way. You have just blown me away, man. I'm telling you, Goodman Motors with the Cadillacs. That's exactly right. I, we put more people in in the history <laughs> in Cadillacs from your auto auto dealership right there on Broadway and going into to Littleton. I mean, you were in Littleton, yeah. but what was that, Littleton Boulevard? It was, yeah. We put them in Buick, Buicks and Cadillacs. Okay. New Cadillacs and new Buicks. Yeah. And, and I'll never forget when, you remember the name Billy Scott? Billy Scott is still around. Yes, indeed. Oh, I know he is. I talk to him all the time. He was one of my salespeople. Bronco Billy. He put together a little <laughs> kit with your help, and that hit the radio, and we were just flooded with people, and I just, I really enjoyed it, and I want to let you know personally. Hey. Man, man, I really enjoyed you all those years. Well, Mr. Goodman opened the door, and your family opened the door for KDKO, because you definitely was there, and I'm so happy to hear from you today, and and to 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 hear the, the some of the the experiences of some of the advertisers that were on KDKO. Ronnie, it's Peter. How did you decide to buy Jimmy? Well, I've been listening to KDKO, and I looked at my audience, and I said, "Hey, man, you're stupid. 
Let him go on the air and bring some people out there to buy <laughs> Did you, the reason I'm asking, because conversations we're having off here, did you read the ratings or did you have an agency that came to you and showed you radio performance? I did, and I threw them out because they said, don't go on KDKO. That was, that was, a, that's a true fact. No. I mean, yeah. did they show you numbers? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's true. But hey. I've listened to you for years too, and I'm I'm 78 years old. I have I've had so many numbers in my head. I can't tell you what they mean. But that used to be. I mean, it was now the Arbitron that we're talking about has been bought, purchased by Nielsen. So Nielsen's doing television and radio ratings. And there was a time, and I think Jim can attest to it, and you may, that you waited. Once a month, the ratings came. Once a month, the trends came. Right, guys got hired and fired over that stuff. Man. That's right. Oh, I know, man, and I and I appreciate that, and I'm sorry that what happened to a lot of those guys. But sometimes, yeah. as a business owner, you got to go with your gut, and that's what we did, and we were very successful in doing that. But our advertising agency told us not to. Did Jim sell so live? Did you sell live for him? Against the grain. Oh yeah, broadcast we live for me as well. Good run. Didn't have two questions. You sold you sold him live. You didn't have a tape spot, can spot. Mm. Oh yeah, he ran he ran commercials regularly on, yeah. on the station. But we would go out and do live broadcasts yeah, from sure. the location, yeah, yeah. and we, we brought people from all walks oh. of life. And uh, Goodman Motors was definitely the 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 key people at, from our beginning. And as the thing as times went along, they moved up to the brand new, big, beautiful facility and. I don't know what happened from that point on. Is, is this Larry? Uh, uh, no, this is Ron. Ron, right, right. Years ago, Larry, right, right. Brother Larry passed away. Oh, sorry to hear that. Where, where, where's so the... we sold, just so you know, we sold it out because we wanted to retire, and I couldn't stand it. So oh. in 1999, I went back to work in the Cadillac business for the time, Don Massey Cadillac. There you okay. go. Now it's John Elway Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... Well, that's what I'm doing now, and uh, that's what happened to our business. Times were right to sell it. Oh. I offered me too much money. I sold it, and I regretted it ever since. I'll tell you something. <laughs> doing car dealer remotes was an art form. I mean, Oh, my God. Yes. Bob and I would do I, – I mean, I won't even mention names because some of it got real crazy. But we would do – we used to call it free balloons for the kitties. That's what we called it. And – I tell you, you, worked with this man. It was Floyd Little used to work? With oh yeah, Floyd, and Floyd had a dealership. Uh, Johnny Haas, right? Johnny Haas. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Johnny Haas, Lincoln Mercury, right? Yeah, no, I mean, right. we, and <laughs> me and the old man, we we worked all of those, and yeah. uh, and then worked the bar that night. Okay, after you worked, okay. the, you did a morning show, you did a remote, remote and then, and then worked, worked the bars. That got night. you, yeah, right. And you made more money on a remote. And in the bars, and you did doing the morning show. <laughs> well, you know, the money was not in on the air. No. The money was in sales. That's why I say, man. I, love you, I mean, man. I love you. I got, I got involved in being one of the, in starting in Shreveport. Oh, yeah. Uh, being one of the first blacks to be a radio advertising salesperson. And from that point on, I mean, that's what my life has been. I'm a salesman. Watch this. It is so 
You speak the truth. <laughs> and and money makes the mouse dance. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And really, uh, those of us that were fortunate enough to get and own a radio oh. station went through that process of having uh, whatever way we had to get our money whatever put together. We had to be able to do that to become an owner of a radio station. Ron, did you ever go to a lunch that you never came back from? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> several, yeah. Several, several times. Yes, many, oh, many. Our, I mean, I can tell you the favorite places that people took us. And, you know, me, taking me and the old man to lunch was a mistake. But, <laughs> but, we, but, but the ratings would come. Yes. And the car dealers, whoever it was, would say, I want, they used to say, three deep or four deep, 25.54. So that's the target demo. And we were always in it. Well, you know, I think, Peter, did you participate in the the uh, event that we had for the top personality that could stay on the air the longest? That was before my time. Okay, well, uh, I did. I did. I, I hold that that that, really? uh, that certificate, I guess, of that honor. <laughs> of uh, how long? Uh, Forty-eight hours. Oh. Right. 48 I did. I did hours. twenty-four once on a fundraiser, but yeah, well, short we, of that. It was it was it was tough. It was. I'm trying to think of his name, oh. Johnny K L A K. He was at, on K L A K, and Johnny he was country and western, uh, and we, the two of us, it got to the point at the end. I had to hold him up, and he had to hold, hold me up. up. Yeah. So we both became, you know, the winners. Woody Page. Uh, so listen, Jerry. I want to let you. I love to Come out next Saturday and see you. You are a huge part of my life, and I appreciate it very much. So Ron, thank you so much. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll be looking for you. Uh, and, again, I definitely want to thank you and your dad and your entire family for being a part of my journey. Ronnie, thanks for a wonderful call. Informative, yeah, man. I was there. All right, we're close to the turn. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.